BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm Caroline Stanbury, star of The Real Housewives of Dubai. I'm remarried and living my best life ever. See, there's so much life after divorce. I'm starting my new chapter unapologetically. I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me on the journey. Listen to all new episodes every Wednesday. So buckle up. So welcome back to another episode of Divorce Not Dead. And on today's episode, I'm so excited to, well, to introduce Melissa Gorga, reality TV star, fellow housewife, poor you, from Real Housewives of New Jersey, entrepreneur, mother, wife, and so many other hats. Well, welcome, Melissa. I'm super excited to have you here. We've been trying to do this for a while. Finally, it's here. Hi, I'm so excited to be here with you. I can literally listen to your London accent all day. I'm going to go home and have tea and crumpets when I'm done with you. <laughs> Somebody did say to me, I could literally perform. I love it. Yeah, they said I could perform a drive-by shooting with this voice and people would still clap. <laughs> well, it's it's so true. And I feel like that's how Lisa Vanderpump used to get away with everything because she can be sneaky or snarky or do whatever. She can literally say, you know, curse words all day. But because that accent came along with it, she could do no wrong. So it's you guys true. are just, you guys are lucky. I'm over here with a Jersey accent <laughs> trying to make it through. We can't say much. We get in trouble for everything we say. Oh, Melissa, I've been watching you quite a long time. You have quite an enviable life. We're not, I'm not worried about you in Jersey. That's for sure. Thank you. Well, I thought, you know, when we, we finally got to meet at BravoCon and, you know, uh, Larsa Pippen is a, a really good friend of both of us, I think. So, and our husbands met and had a bit of a bromance, which was funny. And I just thought we would talk about more than housewives. We would talk about, you know, the pitfalls of having a long, well, I was in an 18 year marriage, your marriage, you've been married eight, about the same, 18 right? 18 years, 18, 18 years. Yes. I got divorced and, um, I'm now remarried, but you know, the pitfalls of going through a marriage and bringing up a family on, on a reality show. Like you have never really been off. I, I feel like I know your whole family. So have you watched the New Jersey Housewives from the beginning? Yeah. From like day one? Are you a watcher? I'm a big watcher. I watched you when you were having your singing career and when um, your husband built you your recording studio and then you decided okay. you're going to, yes, I mean, quite a, quite far back. I'm that is sure. a yeah. throwback. Yes, yes. That's so funny. Every, it's so funny how that song on display just kind of like stuck because it's like one of those catchy 
fun songs. That was, you know, when I joined the Housewives, I was 30. So I was very young. I had just Antonia, my oldest, was like four years old. And Joey was like just born on the show. So a lot of my marriage actually is on real. Most of my marriage was on reality TV. I be- we only really got four or five years without being on reality television. And there's definitely like trials and tribulations that go along with it. I mean, there's good and negative. I would say when it comes to a marriage, right? On reality television, it's definitely more trying than not. It's going to be a lot more peaceful if you're not showing the world every little argument you have or letting them give their opinion on how you raise your children or how you're having a conversation with your husband or how involved your husband gets, right? So I feel like it's definitely a challenge to be this long on reality TV and hold a marriage. I believe Joe and I are one of the longest standing marriages on Housewives. So somehow we've managed to come through it all. I mean, I do know that, you know, having, well, I, I having had a ha- husband that was completely not into doing reality TV when I was on Ladies of London to having one that now that absolutely loves it only because, you know, he loves to, he's like Joe, he wants to do everything with me. And I've never had that before. So I used to watch you guys and think you have the neediest husband on the planet. Now I have him. So it's, I love that you're saying that because I feel like, you know, there's people in my inner circle as well that would, that used to say things like that because their husbands, you know, other women on my show, their husbands wanted nothing to do with it. Mm -hmm. They were very like, Oh, your husband's always here. He's always involved. He's always with you at everything. He always wants to be with you. And it was almost like they secretly wished that they had that or that they wanted that. And then I noticed that when things change, right? And now they have husbands that are so involved and want to be, it's it's just, it's it's crazy because he really, first of all, Joe's so involved because not only does he have his wife on the show, but it was like his mother, his father, his sister, his cousin, his So obviously he had like a bigger platform and they ask him more questions, but I see that about your husband as well. I feel like he's definitely a ham, right? He's more into it. He definitely wants to like come with you everywhere. Do you like that better or did you like being alone? Well, I mean, first of all, I get a lot of, I like it. I love, I mean, I love it, but I have found it really struggled with the other girls because when men want to be with their wives so much, other women distrust it. And they're like, well, why? Is it because he wants to be famous? He needs your your five minutes of fame. He won't leave you for two minutes to do your thing. And I'm like, no, it's got nothing to do with that. Whether the cameras are on and off, if you follow us at all, we're never apart. I mean, I can't even go to the loo without Sergio. It's not like, you know, the cameras uh, leave and then I don't see him for two weeks. You know, we do everything together. We work together. We eat together. We do, you know, everything with the kids. He just, I I sent him out for the first time yesterday to do golfing by himself. He came back and he said, after an hour and a half, this is great. We should take it up together. Off we go. And then I was like, well, you know, and I think that actually, isn't that the dream? Why, why as women do we distrust that? Why do we think men must have an ulterior motive if they want to spend time with us? I absolutely love how you just explained that, to be honest, because I've never heard it presented that way where you're saying distrust. And I feel like that's the exact word because I know the women on my show definitely want to distrust that, right? I and think it's universal. And question that and like, why is he always here? Why does he always protect you? Why is he always with us? And the truth is, Joe and I from day one 
were always together. We had that relationship basically that you have now, right? With your husband. We were like that from the day we met. I met Joe as a 24 year old girl and he's never left my side since. And if it were up to Joe, I have to say we would do everything together, even more than I would like. I feel like he's that guy that he wants to have breakfast, lunch, dinner. If it's a girl's night, he's like, why? You know, it's like, you know, it's, it, it could be a lot for some women. Some people, you know, enjoy it. I'm more of a homebody and I do like to spend a majority of my time with my husband and my kids. That's where I'm most comfortable. That's where I'm happy. I keep my inner circle very small. I have like a very tight circle of friends. I'm very close with like my sister. So I'm comfortable there, but I don't feel like all women are, are comfortable with that, you know, especially when they don't have it and they don't, then they don't understand it. I think VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. That's exactly it. I mean, you know, I, I, I would like to put, it's more apparent when you're in housewives, there are a lot of girl things they send you on. And then, you know, so you kind of like, then your husband has to ask to come along. But in my day-to-day -day life, it's the same. I used to, you know, in my last marriage, I used to do loads of girls night. Couldn't wait to do a girls night. I was always throwing my husband out the house or waiting for the weekend to go somewhere. So, you know, I don't do those anymore. And people sort of find that so bizarre, but I'm, I was ready. I'd done it all. I don't care. You know, it's like, I'd rather have, this is what I've understood that everyone's really looking for. And because single women or other women who've been in long-term marriages may not have experienced it. Right. I mean, you know, if you're ma married to a man that's emotionally, um, what do you say? Emotionally, not, uh, not all there. Um, nah. Exactly. <laughs> what's the polite way to say it? Yes. What's the polite way to say that today? <laughs> then, you know, to watch someone be sort of have these romantic moments all the time and the a man that comes home and says, you know, I've missed you or, you know, you look beautiful. I want to do everything with you and not be with the boys. And I don't care about a boys weekend that they're like, you know, they're like, it can't possibly exist. It's because she's either rich She's either paying for him. He wants to be famous. There's something he wants. Why can't he just love his wife? What are we teaching people? It, it's true. Why can't he just genuinely love spending time with you? And and listen, I feel like you, do you get accused of this? Is this what people say yeah. about? Yes, often. All the time. And they'll say it's because it's a, it's because of the money. It's because yeah. of the fame. It's because of your status. Well, I feel like you're a very smart woman. And if that were the case, you would see right through that. And I have to say, I've met him for the first time at BravoCon. What a doll. You can tell he was so genuine, so sweet, so kind. He honestly did remind me a lot of Joe because he's not shy. He gets right in there, but he doesn't get in there in like a, in like a, 
annoying like way. A negative. It's very positive. It's very kind. It's very loving. You know, so listen, whenever you guys are in New York, we have to, we have to do a dinner. We didn't get to do it at BravoCon because it was just so crazy. The craziness of BravoCon. I can't, I think there was just too many, too many housewives in one place. It, did housewives. you stay at the same hotel everyone else did? Were you, no. did you? No, oh, I avoided smart, it smart. from ladies of London. I, I didn't, I never stayed there. And I actually am not a big fan of big groups. I just thought, you know, when I do things like this, as you know, it's nice to see people, but it's also nice to go away. So I had put in ages ago, I was staying at the Equinox. It was smart, smart woman. It was fabulous. And I, it was walking distance uh, anyway. I'm not a big, uh, big, um, you know, see everybody in the morning, night and person. I like, I'm, I'm, I'm a lone wolf. A lone wolf, but I had a lovely time. I'm the same. I'm the same. Honestly, I really am. And I almost regretted it after. And I did love bumping into everyone. But, you know, when you're there all day long and you go back in at night, you're kind of just like, okay, I'm done. I don't want to go to the bar where everybody is. I just want to go in my room. My feet were throbbing every day after hours of walking around and doing the pictures. I, I don't know. I Next year, I've learned how to dress differently. My outfits for BravoCon next year will be completely different because the daytime outfits need to be like boots and comfortable shoes. You cannot wear a heel all day and then go change for the night and come back in a heel. It doesn't work. It doesn't work for three days straight at the Jacob Javits Center. So that's one thing I learned for next year. We're going to switch up these outfits for sure. I did do, well, I did heels, but I did, you know, I was comfortable. I knew that I was going, I had a lot of platforms. I mean, you can't, nothing can prepare you really for what BravoCon is. And, you know, if you ever want to feel like a rock star or you're having a low moment, you just need to go there as a, as a, I mean, because, you know, you guys get to live it a lot more than we do, you know, because it's funny, my first show was in London and shown in America. So when I went home, no one really gave a shit. Right. My second show now is in Dubai and it's shown in America. So when I come home, Nobody, Nobody really gives, gives a shit. shit. <laughs> so it's you quite see, and nice. They think that this guy is with you for fame. He doesn't even feel it no, when you're walking around. Dubai. No, they don't. They so don't it's quite know. nice to go to America and everyone's screaming. And I'm like, look, honey, look, this is like, I'm quite well known. <laughs> you're like, I'm quite famous. Over yes. Here. Would these you ever days, think about coming back? Would you ever live here? Ah, uh, yes, absolutely. That's the, this is, this is the stepping stone. There you go. There's a bit of gossip. I would love to, I mean, honestly, um, the dream is to eventually go back to the States. I, I love Dubai. I can't imagine living anywhere else right now, but eventually, yeah, why not? Yeah. That's the only pl- other place. I'm not going back to England that I would live. Where would you live? What state? California? I might have to live in Jersey night, might I? You'd have to come to Jersey where all the good pasta is. You know, listen, there's a lot of pluses to Jersey. I just want to say you are 20 minutes from New York City. You get to have the big house with the backyard, the whole nine yards. And you can also be in Manhattan in 20 minutes for dinner or work or what have you. So I always think that New Jersey is genius. And to be honest, that's one of it. It's really why it's one of the most expensive places to live in the nation, because you can go home to your home and your privacy, and then you can go right over the bridge and you're in New York City. Well, that's how I feel. Like, I feel like, I mean, the funny thing is, I mean, I guess doing uh, Housewives of Jersey, that Jersey can't be that big. I haven't been there, but I presume pretty much all of you are famous at this point. 
which must be really weird. New you know, Jersey breeds famous people. It's crazy. At one point we had, it was like, you know, we have Buddy the Cake Boss that was from New Jersey. We had the Jersey Housewives. We have the Jersey Shore. We had Jersey Licious. Oh my God, I forgot we about have, Jersey Shore. It just yeah. breeds reality stars. That's that's what Jersey does. Because you're all mad. So what I actually is quite fascinating. So you spent your whole marriage pretty much on TV with your family. And, you know, I, I've just done a podcast last week on complicated relationships and difficulty and, and, you know, going through them. And obviously, you know, when you have a complicated uh, relationship and you're famous, right? So you have girlfriends and a lot of famous people sort of, you have a fight with a friend and you go, okay, that's it. I, they don't, you don't like what they hear. You hear, you kind of tell them to fuck off and you never see them again. But when it's your family, you see, I'm finding it now in housewives. I'm not doing it with my family. These are a whole new group of friends from here, Right. When right. I did when I did Ladies of London, it was a whole different ball game because it was all my family and my friends. So every time I went home, no matter what happened, I really didn't get to switch off because I was fighting. You know, my mum would call me and go, "Well, what have you just done to your, you know, your sister-in-law? What have you just done to this?" When, before you started the show, did you all have in your family a, a good relationship? Do, is it down to the show that you feel that it's become so fractured now, or? No, I think that there's always been some family trauma within the family. I mean, not my family with between Joe and his sister. There were definitely times that we were good. And then there were times that we weren't. I mean, Teresa was only on the show for like a year, a year, a year and a half before we joined. So it wasn't very long that she was on The Housewives before we joined because their first season was literally just six episodes. It was like a quickie just to see if it would take off. And then there was a second season. And by the third season, it was, you know, Joe and I came in and we've been here ever since. We're going on season 13. So I would say there was definitely tension with the family to begin with, always back and forth. And just, you know, I could never, I have to be honest, it was always very difficult for me to figure it out because you know, I have a very large family as well. I have two sisters. I have a lot of cousins. I have aunts that I'm very close with. And anyone who follows me and also, you know, I have a podcast on display that I, um, you know, I talk about it a lot about my family and about, you know, people know that I am very, very close with them. So for me, it was hard to understand like where the divide was in the family or, or it was seemed just to me like a very competitive situation. And I think that that started before I even came into the picture, I can sense it. And it was more between maybe between the brother-in-laws, right? Between Joe and Joe, Teresa's ex-husband and things just, you know, then we joined the show. Obviously it's not, it's the worst kept secret to know Teresa wasn't happy that we accepted our opportunity as well. And I will say this till the end, like it was the Real Housewives of New Jersey. It wasn't solely, it wasn't the Teresa show you know, it was very centered around the Manzos at the time, around the Loritas. Our show in New Jersey is a family show. So at the time, there was three sister-in-laws already on the show. There was Jacqueline Lorita, there was Tina Manzo, and there was Caroline Manzo, three sister-in-laws. So of course, if they have Teresa there, they're also going to be like, hmm, where's her family, right? Because that it's a family show. So I think, you know, that's how it all came about. And that's how we're all like it's on this show together now. But I do, I did never understand the, I don't, the competitiveness or like the, the, why she was so angry when we accepted the invitation, you know? So 
I mean, that'll always be a puzzle. I think that's one of the like, the. I mean, it's a 10 year old story at this point, to be honest, Caroline, but it's one of those things where, you know, to each their own and, and she has her right to feel how she feels about it. So let's take a little break from uh, the show. And I want to tell you about Shopify. Doesn't it seem like everyone is quitting at the moment, turning to their side hustle into a day job? I mean, it's an all-in-one commerce platform. Shopify makes it easy to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. And I'm not, I'm actually literally just about to take this on, having sold all my merch in the States to all of you lot um, who loved it. I'm about to use Shopify too. So whether your thing is vintage teas or recipes for G, start selling with Shopify and join the platform, simplifying commerce for millions of your favorite businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll create an online store in your vibe, discover your new customers and grow the following that keeps them coming. Coming back. Shopify has all the sales channels sorted so your business keeps growing from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free libraries full of educational content, Shopify got you every stop of the way. It's how every minute new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify, and you will too. Shopify makes selling simple so you can put yourself first and your ideas out there. Whether your thing is making ebooks or earrings, Shopify makes your success possible. When you're ready to launch your thing into the spotlight, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform backing millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Go on, try Spotify for free and start selling anywhere. So go now and sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash dnd. Go to shopify.com dnd and start selling online today. Shopify.com slash dnd. Use all lowercase. Now let's get back to the show. Hello, beautiful people. It's Renee Blewett, and I am your host for the She Did That podcast. Have you ever wondered how your favorite women founders are building these beautiful brands and legacies? Whether you're an aspiring entrepreneur, already on your journey, or just someone who wants to learn from the best to ever do it, this is the podcast for you. Every week, I'll introduce you to powerhouse entrepreneurs, creatives, and innovators who are carving their own paths with love, resilience, and bold ambitions. Be sure to subscribe now so you don't miss a thing. This episode is sponsored by FX's Fleischman is in Trouble, starring Jesse Eisenberg, Claire Danes, Lizzie Kaplan, and Adam Brody. This drama tells the story of recently divorced Toby Fleischman, who dives into the world of app-based dating with the kind of success he never had in his youth. Then his ex-wife disappears, leaving him with their two children and no hint of her return. FX's Fleischman is in Trouble, now streaming only on Hulu. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I mean, you know, I wonder because I wonder if 
it's because now living through it, when you do it with family, they know all the buttons to push. You right. know, when you do it with a, with, when, if you go into a housewives and you're not friends, you know, you, it's like sticks and stones. And that's what I've understood. But when you're, when it's your family, it's a lot harder to deal with because you actually have to deal with it. With other people, you can say, you know what? I hate her. Get out of my face. I'm never going to see her again. And maybe that's what she didn't want looking at it now for objectively, because, you know, having seen it from both sides now doing both kinds of shows, it's very hard when it's people that, you know, you love. And, and she was particularly close to her brother at that stage. Right. So I wonder if it was, 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 that's a little bit, because growing up, obviously, no matter what, Joe will have every dirty secret on Teresa. Correct. Yeah. Of course. And vice versa. So who wants right. to go into a show like that? It, it's, it's very right. hard. But it, but it's also, it's one of those things where it's an opportunity. The show was something that was known. Some of our friends, we had so many people, there were so many people trying out at that time for the Real Housewives of New Jersey. And, you know, it is what it is. I feel like if the same thing is brought up year after year, it just leads me to believe that someone doesn't want to fix the problem. And I'm not about talking about the negative that is 12 years later, right? So how about fix the problem? How about, you know, work towards a better situation? So, you know, I'm, I'm a very positive person. I'm not about, you know, I'm inviting person. If they ever wanted my sisters, I would open my arms and say, of course, take an opportunity. So it's just different. It's two different points of view. It's two different types of people. And I also think, unfortunately, that's also what kept the show great for so many years as well and kept, you know, then had made, when Joe and I joined, it had made Teresa, when it went from the Manzos kind of being the center of attention, it then kept Teresa very busy for the last 12 years. So, I mean, it is what it is for me. I always worry about like, it's, I'm always the one who wants to mend things. I always, always have reached to mend things, but it is what it is. It's been, it's the oldest like story for us to tell. It's been about 13 years now that we've been on the show. So. I mean, I think, it, you know, it happens a lot and in every family. Like, I mean, you know, I, I was married 18 years. I mean, I, I don't think I ever picked up the phone in 18 years. Like I would see her at a dinner, but we didn't live in the same country anyway. But like once a year we'd go for dinner and we'd sit the other side of the table, sort of go, hi, how are you? How's the weather? Great. How are the children? great. And that'd be it for another year. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that's all right too. You're both one amazing people, but you, you, you lead very different lives in a way. I mean, well, or it could be that they're so similar that, you know, in a way, I don't know, it's very odd because you're so lovely, both of you on your, on your own. And it's, it's so sad that families, but you know, 13 years on, you know, you're not going to reinvent the wheel right now. Sometimes you just have to make peace with it. And, you know, it sounds like all of you are slowly making peace with it. And that's the, you know what, honestly the best. And at some stage in life, I always believe things come, come around and maybe funnily enough, when this all ends for all of you, I bet you I'll lay money on it that you'll all be hanging out and growing old together. That's what's so funny. Well, the truth is I always have faith in that. Right. So I always believe that one day, you know, what the water under the bridge, it will be water under the bridge, but yeah. It's been many years and, you know, that's just a long story. I think a lot of people understand a lot more of that when they watch The Real Housewives of New Jersey this season. I think that there it's, you know, we usually air the beginning of the year. I think there's a lot of answers 
to be honest, as to what's going on right now and why things are so rough. And I think everyone's going to be blown away when they see why things are where they are. Oh, that sounds exciting. I can't wait. Unfortunately. Oh, it's definitely one of those seasons that's like, oh, okay. You're you're all going to sit back and be like, okay, maybe they do need a break. Oh, wow. Well, you know, as we said, I mean, some things, if, if it's working the way it is, keep it the way it is. You know, as long as the children don't get hurt in between and everyone else can, you know, sort of survive. And you look, there were no fights at BravaCon. The only fights at BravaCon were with my housewives. So, you no, know, no, no. we had we had drama, too. We oh, had you did? One of the girls on our show. Oh, my God. We had drama, too, on our show. So I feel like every show I heard about a little drama from like every single one of the shows, which is kind of funny because it's like, yep, this stuff is real. It's not fake for TV. When everyone asks us that, I'm like, nope, it's it's actually very real. It's right? it's crazy. I always wonder how the um all these producers deal with us all, literally deal what with happened us. with your cast? Oh, uh Chanel, Ian, and Caroline Brooks got into it over, I think, dresses and something else. I mean, you know, ridiculous stuff that only bothers housewives. I mean, you know, I don't think anyone has the um, has the patent to only wearing one person can wear taffeta. I think you know what I mean. It's just this com- it's competition always, isn't it? Right. Um, right. And I think live and let live. You know, that's my look. That's my look. You've stolen my look. You know. Well, I mean, who cares? Who cares? Really? It's exhausting. <laughs> but it's. I guess. I guess it's great TV, and that's what's so fascinating about us. And that's. Actually, as we all go on, something that has drawn audiences forever. And we've watched all your children grow up and we've seen, you know, there have been moments where really soft moments where you kind of think, oh, well, you're making headway. And then suddenly something snaps again and you're off and it's all it, it's all gone to shit and you're back to square one. And it's sad. I know we've definitely we've definitely mended it and we're fine. Many of times everyone has accepted their role in what they've done wrong and what has happened. And for some reason, somehow it goes back, you know, there, it's just, it's, it's a tale as old as time at this point. Right. So I, I just, you know, try to keep it positive from here on out, wish everyone well, truly from the bottom of my heart, wish everyone well, I'm happy, you know, for Teresa and Louie and their marriage and the girls. And that's it. That's all we can do. No more fighting, no more arguing, you know, if things men, they mend and, you know, by the grace of God. And that's, and that's where we keep it. Well, let's go back to you to sort of look at the relationships and just finish where we were at the beginning. Have you and Joe ever had a point? Because there have been rumors, obviously, but there's always rumors. I mean, the rumors about me and my husband are ridiculous. So, you know, from your mouth, have there been times where you thought that you wouldn't make it through this together? And, you know, if so, how did you make it back? Yes, we actually, we went through one rough patch. I would say it was right before the pandemic, like a year before the pandemic, we definitely went through a little rough patch. I think things in my career had started to escalate a little bit. And I started to, when we first joined the show, it was very Melissa and Joe, Melissa and Joe, Melissa and Joe. And I knew, you know, I had that type of husband that wasn't going to appreciate me on this reality show, you know, like he didn't want me to stray too far, which I understood that I respected that because I knew who I married. Right. So I knew joining this show that I was going to keep Joe very involved and very close to me during it, because that's more important to me than the show. Right. So we started that way. But then as things 
kept going. I feel like I was getting requests and things that were taking me away. Right. And I started to open my business. I have envy and I opened, you know, my clothing boutique. I started to do commercials. I started to do things that would take me to New York a lot more often without him. Right. Take me to LA a lot without him. So I feel like we started to hit a bump in a road, which is understandable. He started to get a little like insecure about it and frustrated over it. And I started to get insulted that, you know, he had everything. Joe Bills, he's a big developer in New Jersey. We own apartment buildings all over New Jersey, right? But that's really Joe's bread and butter. That's where Joe finds success. That's what he loves. He gets to look at this huge apartment building that he created and feel proud. Like that's his, right? Yes, I benefit from it, but that doesn't make me tingle inside, right? So I started to do things that made me happy, which is in the fashion world and working at my store and just doing things that I want to do. And we definitely butted, we butt heads for a while there. And it got, it got pretty bad for like a year or so. And I feel like the show at one point did capture us, you know, really confused and really frustrated. And I feel like we got to a point where we weren't even seeing eye to eye anymore. We were just battling for, for a minute. And no, we both sat down, took a step back and realized that like nothing is more important than our three kids and what we've created. And we just need to remember how much we are best friends, right? And that we do love to be together. And he stopped taking it so personal as to, well, you like work then better than family, right? He stopped saying that to me because I would get insulted every time he would say that to me. And it would cause a huge problem. So I think we've definitely come out the other end now, but we had a good year or year and a half that we were really shaken up a little bit and it was rough. And of course it's from the reality show because the reality show is the reason why I work as much as I do. Right. So he was like, he, if you would have asked him then, do you regret accepting this? He would say yes all the time because I, I'd rather have my wife just home making arts and crafts all day with my children. Right. So it was definitely a decision on my part that I wanted to grow. There was things that I wanted in life. I was hitting an age where I raised all my babies and I wanted something that was for me, that made me feel fulfilled. And, you know, when I want something, I don't have to ask Joe for anything. I go and get it myself now, which is, you know, one of the best feelings in the world, which I love, which is what I try to teach my daughter. And I know that my daughter sees how hard her mother works and she respects that. And, and I, I love that. That's what I wanted because from, from my generation and for my mother, it was always like, you make babies, you make dinner, you make your husband happy, you make a happy home. Right. I still believe in all of those things, except for that. You also have to fulfill yourself or the woman. I, I see a lot of these old school Italians or, and not just Italians. There's many many, many other types of ethnicities, right? That they're, they're, the, the women are sad when they're turning 60 and, and 70 because they're like, wait, what did I actually do, right? Besides raise a beautiful family, they're proud of that, but they wish they did more. They wish they worked in New York City. They wish they went to college, right? So I, I love that we've changed the narrative on that so much. And really, you know, women really have put their you know, two feet forward at this point in life. And that's really what I did live on camera. And I have so many people that aside from the family drama, that's a one piece of me, but there's a whole nother part of me where everyone respects me as a businesswoman, an entrepreneur, as someone who broke through for, through a stay-at-home mom into a businesswoman. And I think that, you know, it can be very hopeful for a lot of women. 
I completely agree. I mean, I was actually talking to a breakup expert yesterday and I was saying, you know, the thing is we have been taught and, you know, you're still very young and, you know, that we're, we've been taught from the age of you, you leave school at 18, you get married at 21 or 22, you then push out a few babies. And by the time you're 30, you've kind of achieved most things or 34 and the husband's yes. gone, gone to work. And then the kids are sort of growing up and you're like, now what for me? Because actually you've never learned who you are because you've been told all the way through school what to read, what to do, who to be. Then you meet a husband who's like, can you do this, all this for me? Basically, you know, wipe my bottom and dress me. And on your own going, well, or you're beginning to see the kids need you less, the husband needs you less. And you're like, okay, I, I actually have nothing for me anymore. And I think the thing is you, me, all of us, I feel like I'm 46 now and I'm just getting going. I mean, I am literally just getting going. And if anyone's breaking barriers, I've married a 28 year old man. So like, you know, no one's going to tell yes, me. Yes, honey. Yes. <laughs> no one's going to tell it. me that my life is ending. But you're going to come on to my podcast and we're going to talk about I'm that coming. When, you're, when, you, when you come over there because I have so many questions for you. I'm coming. Well, we're going to wrap this up. I really, really appreciate having you on today because I absolutely love powerful women. I do think, you know, I've seen that you were married to a very traditional man in a way, just like I was. You did stand your ground because it's very easy to say, you know, to give up everything for the man. And I, and when we have daughters, I believe that that's not the way to live anymore. Also, no. we were dying at 50. We're dying at a hundred. You have to have a hobby. You have to get, you won't make it through if you don't have your, your career, your life, your, your own path, because you know, then you become this like woman just waiting for her man to come home miserable. So, you know, that's and it. by the way, Melissa, you have an unbelievable voice. Oh, well, thank you so much. Thank you. I I used to like, I don't have an unbelievable voice. That's very sweet, but thank you. I, I sang a lot in like the school plays when I was. <laughs> no, I was, wait, the dancing, the, the, the whole thing at BravoCon that takes balls. There's no yes, bloody way I could have done that ever. I mean, someone would have tried. You know, me when they first asked me, they're like, listen, they reached out to me to watch what happens live. And they're like, we'd love for you to close the show. I said, absolutely not. And they're like, come on. They had to like, if you can see the emails going back and forth, I was like, guys, I appreciate it. I love you all. They're like, no, we like, they fought for it and I did it. And I was actually glad that I did it. I am, you know, I've always been some type of, I, I, the stage, I'm very comfortable on stage and it was fun for me. It was fun for me. I know everyone knows the words on display. They were singing it louder than I could sing it, which was great. <laughs> you know, it was fun. That was a fun way to close it out. And, and I appreciate it. It's like, you know, 10 year anniversary of on display. It was made so many years ago. So it was pretty cool. That was fun. And I, and I thought it was so funny though, to watch it back. I saw like a couple of the housewives, particularly Vicky, because she was right in frame of when, when all four of the housewives were taking their turns coming out, she was in frame, just kind of like not moving, not singing along, not dancing. She was like, so it was so funny to actually watch her just like a stone watching it. So many people were commenting on that, but it was great. It was fun. And thank you for the compliment. I appreciate it. It was a fun, it was a fun night. Thank you so much for taking the time and coming on my podcast. I can't wait to come on yours. And of course. Um, it's been amazing. And I think you have an amazing family and uh, chapeau to you for keeping it together in the, these crazy circumstances that only you and I can really understand. So um, you're amazing, right. Melissa. Thank you. Thank you.
Thank you all for listening to another episode of Divorce Not Dead. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at, at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind-the-scene action. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.